0: Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world, welcome to the Real Life Global Movement where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world
1: through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong
0: fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again? Oh yeah.
2: yeah!
0: Okay, I'm gonna do like the all yeah of all yes. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is Chat from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun. Natural, effective, and... Carnivalistic. Way to learn English. So download this podcast now and listen to us while you are, I don't know, stuck in traffic. Playing cards. Partying at carnival. Trying on a... Trying on... Trying on a speedo. (laughs) What do you call that in Australia? A thong? No, no, okay. no. a thong. Thong in Australian English would be flip-flops. Okay. A speedo is a speedo. Okay. I think speedo is multinational. Except for in Brazil you say a sunga. Sunga, yeah. Okay, uh, Okay. focus. What else could people be doing right now while listening to this podcast? Drinking caipirinha. Okay. Drinking catuaba? Or plucking a chicken. What does pluck mean? Pluck is to extract the feathers from a chicken in this case. It's like the tweezing action. People also pluck their eyebrows. Aren't you vegetarian? Yes, I am. What's that got to do with anything? You pluck a chicken? No, I'm just saying people do that while listening to this podcast, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm joined today in the studio with the man that taught a pack of ducks how to speak English, Justin Murray. Oh, yeah. Good to be here. And also, those ducks migrated south to Brazil and happened to teach a young Brazilian man English themselves. <laughs> and that man is here with us today, Gianderson. What is up, brother?
3: Oh, yeah, guys. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, um, first of all, the first thing we do when we have a guest is teach them how to really do the oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Justin, would you like to do the honors in
1: today's podcast and teach uh, do you understand how to do the official ah oh, yeah? It was hard for me at first. If you go back and listen to my first episodes, <laughs> I struggled. I struggled. So, even I'm a native speaker and the ah oh, yeah was a little bit hard. So, um, this is your opportunity to shine through to the world with an ah oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, you can do a little bit better with an oh. ah. Oh.
0: oh yeah. That's it. Ah oh, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us in the uh, amazing studio today. Oh, how?
3: yeah. Yeah, very, very cool. Mm,
0: as you can see, we have a lot of decorations around. and yeah. uh, really try to provoke that creativity in the studio. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, Jens, then tell us a little bit, uh, we know about you, but tell the podcast listeners about yourself, who you are, where you're from, how long you've spoken English for. Just really quickly, because we're going to get into more detail in the conversation topic.
3: Okay guys, um, my name is Jay Anderson. I'm a Brazilian. Um, I live in Belo Horizonte, but I have lived in the US for a couple couple years, almost two years. And uh, yeah, I've been a fan of the podcast for so long. and It's been very great for me learning English with you guys. <laughs>
1: awesome, man. So we, we met Jay Anderson he was in our class. Like I taught a class and Chad subbed for, substituted for about three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he taught you Anderson too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like the worst substitute teacher. I, kind of like, nah, <laughs> I got to go there, and
0: the fact that it's not really my class, you don't really put your whole heart into it. No but it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't work there anymore, so you're not going to give a bad uh, a bad report to your boss. Like that oh, guy yeah. is a horrible teacher. Don't don't hire him again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just announcing it to the world, so it's okay. No problem. (laughs) Cool, man. Well, um, I'm sure I have a lot to talk about in today's episode, but uh, as you probably know, as you've listened to the podcast before, we generally go into a kick-ass quote at the start of the episode just to provoke that motivation, you know, so have you come prepared? Have you brought the
3: goods? Yeah, yeah, sure. You have? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay.
0: So without further ado, let's get into today's kick. As Quotes. Oh, yeah. One,
2: two, three. Oh, yeah. One, two, three. Oh, yeah. I'm kick-ass.
3: Okay, guys. Uh, the quote that I got today is from a guy called Krishna Krishnamurti. And uh, he said, uh, there's no end to education. It is not that you read a book, pass an exam, and finish with education. The whole of life, from the moment you are born to the moment you die, is a process of learning.
0: Ooh, that's pretty deep, man. Yeah. And, uh, Krishnamurti Krishna was a
1: spiritual leader, am I right? Yeah, he was actually, he's a philosopher, but I don't believe, he didn't really talk about a particular religious path, okay. but he was actually somebody who impacted my life greatly. And when I first read him, it was like, um, it shook me to the core. What do you mean by shook me to the core? Like an <laughs> apple core? Yeah, the core is like your the center of you, right? Your heart almost mm-hmm. so it shook me. Is it woke me up to the core, and I and, and I had to change the way I looked at the world because of him. He's really, a really wise man. Okay, and this quote has proven him wise. Uh, Want to read it one more time, man? Uh, maybe we
0: uh, just so the learners can really. Uh... Uh, understand it and then we'll explain. Yeah, how, sure. The way we um,
3: so, uh, there's no end to education. It is not that you read a book, pass an exam, and finish with education. The whole of life, from the moment you were born to the moment you die, is a process of learning.
2: Cool, man. So,
0: so you as an English learner and also just a life learner, what do you get from this awesome
3: quote? Man, I, I think we are always learning, you know. There's no, there's no uh, a end point on the process of learning. I mean, since the moment you are born to the moment you die, we are always learning something. Because
0: mm-hmm. you're a developer as well, right? Is that, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Not only English, I think language is something that's always kind of evolving. You always have to kind of adapt to like the changes in language. Yeah, and, yeah, sure tech and, and te- is te- same, yeah. Right?
3: technology is pretty cool because it changes so, so much in a, in a little time, you know. Like, in, in five years, we are working in another language that, that that didn't exist yet, so, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Just so our learners know what you mean. A language, you mean an actual coding language, Yeah, right? coding language, yeah. And,
1: okay. in some sense, uh, the spoken language as well, right? I think yeah. there's this misconception that, that the English language is this, is this um, static, unmoving thing that the mm-hmm. British Council tells yes. us. The way English is, but really, we're always changing the way we speak, right? We're always inventing new words, right? Yeah, and it's funny if you watch a. Have you
0: ever watched a movie from maybe like. a really old movie, maybe like 30 or 40 years ago? No. Okay, (laughs) I guess you've never even seen it, but even when Mm. I watch these movies, you know, like old Elvis Presley movies or something like that, and you hear them speaking, you're like, whoa, I would never say. 50% 50% of the words that they, they said you know, the, the, the vocabulary they use the way they, they use intonations in their voice it's really different mm-hmm. um, that's a good exercise for any learner if you want to go and find an old movie watch it and you'd be surprised at how different it is from the vocabulary used today cool man thanks for sharing that today I mean, hopefully the learners uh, our listeners
1: will really uh, absorb that information just a final note on that that quote really represents what real life English is in some sense, real-life English is all about making it part of your life to be a, a lifelong learner, right? Mm-hmm. So there is no end to education. It's not that you read a book, pass an examination, and finish with education. The whole of life, from the moment you were born to the moment you die, is a process of learning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You kind of said that quote like in your own... Uh
0: conversation, you were saying something, then you threw the quote in there as if you actually (laughs) said it. I did actually say it. Okay, cool. I integrated it. I learned it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Well, yeah, cool. That's a great quote. I definitely suggest you guys maybe just revisit that and uh, maybe find motivation with your own learning. So, gentlemen, thank you for uh, sharing that today with our listeners. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, by the way, when... uh, we first met, you told me not to call you Jean Anderson, and just to call you Je.
3: Yeah, yeah, because like Americans, they don't know how to say my name, like for them was very, because I like, I like to say like Jean in Portuguese, that's okay. correct Jean, but if you say Jean to an American, they will say like Jean, mm-hmm. and uh, Jean is a, is a name for girls, it's not for guys, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, when they say like Jean Anderson, I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. That's G Anderson. Yeah. G Anderson. Yeah, G Anderson in Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah.
0: Cool. So let's move on from today's Kick-Ass quote. And before we forget, let's quickly give a very special shout-out. You know you wanna... Alright, so we have a shout-out from a very special person. Something that we've been waiting a long time to deliver this shout-out. But we haven't had the chance because As we said last week, we've had problems with our microphone, and we've been really busy, we haven't been uh,
1: recording the podcast, but the special shout-out today is for who
0: exactly, Justin?
1: It's for a J... No. It's for a G Estevez, 91. G Estevez? From the United States. What's your last name? It's me, man.
3: (laughs) G Anderson Estevez, yeah. Oh my God. What a coincidence. I
1: think I remember what happened, like, I was teaching him one day, and I, I think... He told me that he left, had left a shout-out or something, and then I'm like, no, man. <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I, thought, I thought I did.
1: <laughs> well, what, what did he say? Do you,
0: you want to read? now? it sounds kind of
1: strange if you read yeah, out your yeah. own shout-out. Yeah. So it, it says, Real Life English is one of the best podcasts around for English learners. Well, thanks, man. It's already proven to be a good uh, shout-out. The topics discussed are mostly very interesting and useful for us. I had the opportunity to meet Justin and Bella Rezanchi, and this guy rules. Oh yeah! <laughs> keep up the good work, guys. Oh uh, yeah!
0: I think that deserves a high five.
3: <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah!
0: Cool man. Um, so yeah, but sorry, we just haven't given you a shout yeah, out no, yet, But you know, but those shout outs keep piling up, and everyone wants their shout out. Okay. <laughs> no problem. And what did you mean by uh, Justin? Uh, you said this guy rules. What does um, rules mean in this case?
3: It's like, Justin's a very nice guy, uh-huh. and uh, I do like his job, so for me, he rules.
0: Okay, you know? cool. Like, the literal
1: meaning of rule is like, you know, a, a king rules, he has a kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Not then, the case in, in this context, right? Yeah, yeah, it just means you're cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's really good
0: at it. He's really good at what he does, yeah, too, yeah. right? Like, oh, that guy yeah. rules, he's... That football player, he rules. He's a really good player. Yeah. He's dominant as well, right? Yeah, like Neymar. Like Neymar, yeah. Yeah. Wait, doesn't he
3: have some recent problems? Yeah, him? yeah. Yeah, he got a lot of problems. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in, the, in the Brazil, in, in Spain. Sure. Yeah. Cool.
0: Well, we won't uh, worry our listeners with Neymar's problems today. But uh, hey, man, thanks for the shout-out. And if anyone else wants to give us a shout-out, they can just go to iTunes or Stitcher, leave a, I don't know, five-star review. And you never know, we could be saying your shout out on the next episode of Real Life Radio. Oh, yeah. So let's get into the main subject of today's podcast, and that is today's conversation topic. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you, what you, what you, what you talking about, what you talking about
1: huh? So today, um, I was really wanting to bring Jay Anderson on the show and interview him because. His process is really good, and it brings up a lot of questions that I think are really, really important for people to, to understand in their English learning. And and is a really great learner, and he's had a really interesting experience that, that I'd like to highlight today. Okay, well first of all, how long have you been learning English, Janderson?
3: Oh yeah, uh, so I've been learning English for five years, I think. I, I started learning when I started my undergraduate degree in Brazil. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool for me.
1: So I think programmers definitely, you know, we've met a lot of programmers, but programmers in general, it's really important to learn English. Oh from, yeah, right? yeah,
3: sure. Because most most uh, computer science languages they are in English, of course. So we gotta we gotta learn. The actual code itself is yeah in yeah code is in English like if, Ks and uh, do else. Wow! Mm-hmm. And plus, like all like the new research, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. If you if if you know English you have much more resources to learn than in any other language.
1: And it's so dependent on having like cutting edge access to, to really Yeah yeah
3: out. yeah it depends. When when I when I didn't know English it was it was pretty hard. Like all all the resources in Portuguese they are not as important as the resources in English. Okay. What do you mean by cutting edge access? What is cutting edge in this case?
1: Yeah, so access to Cutting Edge is probably what I meant, but um, Cutting Edge is like the newest, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the newest, best stuff. And so if you have information that that is Cutting Edge or that's that's new and it's a new contribution to the world knowledge, you need to present that in English, right? Yeah, sure. Well, apparently, as we're learning now. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Cool. And but uh, just to go back, when you first
0: started learning English in this case, what was the situation? Were you in a um, a school
3: by yeah, yourself? Yeah, I, I went to an English school like for just one year, but it, it wasn't it wasn't very effective for my English. Mm-hmm. I I think I think. It, what what was good for me was playing games with my friends. Like it, uh, every every game is in English, so we video games, video yeah. games, yeah, video games. Like playing games online was was very effective for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know English, but I was searching because I I want I want to play with these guys, and it it was very good.
0: So you me.
1: were in some sense gamifying your English, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Gamifying. <laughs> what does is, what is
0: gamification mean? It means just adding a. Uh, Elements of a game to something that you're doing, but I don't think you can really game. Oh, gamify your English by Playing a video game in English, but
3: yeah,
0: but who were you talking to? Are you, are you saying you were playing uh, like games online where you you're
3: communicating with people? Yeah, yeah It, it was mostly like text, but it, it was it was good for me because I, I have to search for to, for the words and try to communicate. Mm-hmm. Even even people who are not from English speakers countries they, they use English on these games. Even oh, right? guys from Mexico or China they use English because it's, it's on the only way, way right? Yeah it's kind of a common language. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool man, that's awesome. What game were you playing just out of curiosity? Uh, Age of Mythology and Dora. Age? Okay. Age of mythology and okay. Dora. Yeah. What's Dora? Dora is a MMO MMO, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we mixed have... Mixed martial arts? No. <laughs> <M-O-O> <laughs> mixed martial arts? No, man. It's not, MMA. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's not like that. You have a character and you are evolving during the game. So okay. you have levels and oh. it has like... Uh, Is that kind of like The Sims? No, no. It's not okay. like The Sims, no. Okay. No. You you have like a warrior or something and you are evolving and kill, killing people, you know? Okay. Yeah. So
1: as a side note, I think I think people who play video games in English, this is a huge hack to the process. I think I think this is super effective. I've met so many people who are really really fluent because of video games because yeah. it's kind of in line with with what real life English is about to use your life and to yeah, use things yeah, that you're interested yeah. in and usually people that. Play video games
3: become obsessed. Uh, any any, we kind of avoid the boring process. Like we are not reading grammar books. Mm-hmm. We are just uh, trying to understand what is going on. Yeah, I
0: guess your uh, your purpose to using language is purely just to communicate with someone. Yes, yeah, sure. as opposed to like textbooks and grammar. Yeah. Your purpose is. More often than not to pass a test or an exam or get qualified so you can go to a specific school or something like that. External, right? Versus
1: internal. yeah, Yeah, when your
0: main purpose is, oh I really want to communicate to that person or do that, whatever it is, maybe a game or whatever. But if you need to speak English in order to do that, I think like Justin said, you find
1: these hacks. What do you mean by hacks in this case? A shortcut. Yeah, it's like if it takes you, you know, 500 hours to reach a certain level of English fluency, but if you're not really engaged, right? If, when you are engaged, how many hours will that take? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so video games are very important for your English learning, but what about later? Did you have another breakthrough experience?
3: Oh, yes. oh yes, I did. So, uh, I, got, I got a scholarship from the Brazilian government, and I had the opportunity to go to the USA, and it, it was the best, the best uh, experience in my life. Where did you go in the United States? Uh, I went to Indiana. Do you know Indiana? I've been to Indiana, Indiana. Oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, man, no no one knows Indiana. I know Indiana Jones. <laughs> Is that where he's from? No, I no? think so. Okay. No. So, uh, I went to Indiana University. So, I kind of, I took three semesters in, okay. in Indiana University. And it was so great for my English and the, the experiences, of course.
0: What was the scholarship for like How? Did, what was this related to your uh, computer science degree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
3: I took I took computer science classes in the U.S. and in the summer I took English classes as well. And uh, yeah, so I took part of my degree in Brazil and part of my degree in the U.S.
1: What would you say? Traveling abroad. A lot of people think that traveling abroad is a sure way to get fluent, but. A lot of people come back not fluent, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. So for you, what was the key to actually? Man, be I,
3: I think, I think the most important thing is the relationships. It's like for me, it was more important talking to my American friends during during lunch They going to the English class. Really, <laughs> yeah, because the the classes they are kind of boring, you know, sometimes. And and when you are talking to someone and someone that you consider a friend. You are really engaged in, in 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 talking to the person, and it's it's not about the language anymore. It's not about I wanna I wanna learn English. I wanna improve my English. It's because I, I care about those people, so it's it's very effective. It's, it's a very fun. personal experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very personal. It, it's the same. It's the same way that I have uh, my Brazilian friends here. So mm-hmm. we are talking Portuguese. Portuguese is not important. It's just mm-hmm. a way that I that we. It's just a tool that we have to to. Get, get in touch, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, uh-huh. Did you have many, uh, I mean, in Indiana, were there many other Brazilians there?
3: Not many, not many. I think it's one of the smallest uh, Brazilian populations in the U.S. Okay. I think I met like 20 Brazilians, and okay. it's not it's not important because when I moved to San Francisco, I met like 100 Brazilians. <laughs> yeah. Wait,
1: wait, you moved to San Fran,
3: right? I moved to San Fran, yeah, I got an internship in San Fran, and mm-hmm. it was just great, man. Wow! How so you went straight from Indiana to San Fran? Yeah. Or did you come back to Brazil? No, no, no. I, I I moved straight to to San Fran. So did you start
1: hanging out with Brazilians? And yeah, San Fran? yeah.
3: Because I was I was living in the U.S. for so long, and I was missing the the Brazilians, yeah. our, our culture. So yeah, I was <laughs> I was hanging out with some Brazilians, but. Solving to samba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drinking caipirinha. Drinking caipirinha, eating feijoada. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very Brazilian things. Yeah. Cool, man. But I mean, um, I, I guess the reason
0: I ask that question is because, like, the same thing is just the same. Many people. I mean, we know this more uh, in the case of Brazilians because we live in Brazil and we, we just really love Brazilian culture too. So we notice a lot of our Brazilian friends that travel abroad. And they come back, you know, for an exchange program or one of these governmentally funded trips, yeah. like the Science Without Borders yeah. thing that you have here. But, um, and they come back and they, you start, I start speaking to them in English and I see their English hasn't really evolved so much. Yeah, yeah. And,
3: I saw, I saw that problem in the U.S. like I saw Brazilians, they just hang out with Brazilians and it was really bad because they just speak Portuguese like, mm-hmm. guys, w- what are you guys doing? Man, we, we must speak English. Like.
1: Sure. Yeah. So when, when you study abroad, it's like you almost have to like really, really make a big commitment to, yeah, yeah, to, sure. to, to avoid people from your country yeah, sure, sure. and sure. step out of your comfort zone.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think I think it's kind of hard. For example, if if there are like five Brazilians and I say like, guys, we are gonna speak just English. Mm-hmm. It's it's very hard mm-hmm. because every time someone wants to say something Portuguese and it breaks the conversation. Like so, even even when I got like five Brazilians, I want at least one American or one Chinese, one Mexican because we must speak English. Uh-huh. Okay, know?
1: that's interesting what you're talking about. This is a really interesting conversation about Brazilians speaking with people from your own country versus speaking with people from other countries. What's the difference there?
3: Yeah, man. The difference is, for example, when when I was speaking to my, my Brazilian friends, even though we were speaking in, in English, we had like an escape. Mm-hmm. For example, if I, if I don't know how to say something in English, I could say in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's, 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 it broke the conversation at all. And, uh, and uh, with, for example, my, my Chinese friends, they, they don't speak English as a first language. It, it was very good because I don't have any option. I don't speak Mandarin. I must speak English all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And with, with my Brazilian friends, I had this escape, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not good.
1: And plus, a lot of times, people tend to gravitate toward where they have a tendency to, to speak English, right? Or to yeah, speak, to speak yeah. Portuguese. And so they don't make the mental effort... A lot of times,
3: right? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, it's,
0: it's like if even like sometimes if, uh, uh, I me and Justin, for example, another friend we saw live in the same house, three, uh, three gringos, three English speakers, and sometimes we'll be like, hey, let's speak Portuguese to practice. And then suddenly, like, oh, uh, one put, like you said, you, you break the conversation. One person yeah. says something like in English,
1: another person responds in English, and suddenly. The whole conversation's in English. Yeah,
3: it happens a lot of times. Yeah. So you, but definitely,
1: like on the other end of it, like we do parties in Belo Horizonte, right? In Brazil. And so, people speak English at these parties. Yeah. So, there is sort of like a collective decision to yeah. speak English. And so, in, in those moments, it's actually much easier when there's like a firm commitment.
3: Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. I
0: totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I got one question about... Um, in relation to when you were like, for example, in Indiana and San Fran and hanging out with different people, uh, Brazilians and actual Ameri- uh, people from the US. Uh, one thing I really noticed is how well people understand things like um, colloquial expressions, slang and all that kind of stuff. Um, and if they really start using them in their, in their everyday conversation, oh, this guy, he's had a cultural experience as opposed to just a, a textbook yeah, learning experience, yeah. you know. What was your, your, your process like with like slang and these clo- yeah. and phrasal verbs and all this stuff that the English yeah. language I is
3: filled but... I think they are very, very important for you. When, when you start using those expressions, people say, oh, this guy, is, he, he, he speaks English very, very well, you know? Because mm-hmm. if, if you speak a textbook in English, uh, it's like, it, it's broken, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like just it's it's very formal and it's not a, it's not very effective, you know. Mm-hmm. I think like just in a conversation,
0: if someone's speaking more very you know formally, and I'd say they don't have much cultural references in the way they speak, I, I don't have, I have a, a kind of a, not a disconnect, but I, I feel like they're not really. Um, it's like maybe they're just translating in their head, or maybe you know yeah, the conversation doesn't yeah. seem as real. Yeah, And
3: I and I think it's more difficult to find like uh, relationships like this, you know, mm-hmm. if you if you don't use expressions, you mm-hmm. speak a, a not very good English. Sure. How did you pick up on?
0: Because I've heard you many times speaking using a lot of expressions and colloquialisms. Uh,
3: yeah. I think I think it was because of my friends. You know, mm-hmm. we were playing games, and I was picking the the expressions and mm-hmm. the way they speak. You know.
1: So, yeah, it's clear that, that you know, slang is important, right, developing colloquialisms, and the best way to do that is really learn that from native speakers, right? Yeah. Um, but what about, how does this apply in international environments when you have people from different countries speaking English as a non-native language? Like, you said you had friends from, you had a Chinese girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. And you had friends from other parts of the world, too, right? Yeah, sure. And you had native friends, too, so how did that compare?
3: Uh, for example, I think, I think at the end of the day, it's almost the same thing, for example, in terms of output uh, because uh, if, I, if I'm speaking to an American and I, if I'm speaking to a Chinese, I have to react to the conversation, mm-hmm. so it's kind of the same for me. But in case of input, I think it's better if you were speaking to uh to an American, mm-hmm. because of course the the language that you were listening is is perfect. It's, it's it's better for you, you know.
1: Yeah. So what do you mean by output? Output is speaking, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it, it's the same, you know, for example, if I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to a guy from China, it's... It's, it's a meaningful conversation. Yeah, 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 I, I have to engage with the conversation the same way, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm speaking to anyone. So when you're
1: speaking, the most important thing is like really being engaged and actually using it, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't matter if the guy is native or not. But in terms of input,
3: I, th- I think it's better than someone who speaks English as a first language.
0: Input being
3: uh,
1: actually absorbing like new yeah, words, and yeah, yeah, like like
3: slangs, like expressions, like listening skills, you know. Sure. Yeah. This is a really
1: interesting topic. It's something I've been thinking a lot about because you know, real life global, uh, reallifeglobal.com, our platform, which connects English learners from all around the world. This is a place where you can go and speak with non-natives, and a lot of people. Some people are very aggressive about only finding native speakers, mm. and in some sense, it's. It's okay. It's, it's really good to speak with a native speaker, but they, they don't really value speaking with non-natives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think they're confusing the the topic there because it's it's really a question of like you need to get as much input as you can, yeah. listening. So so if you can watch TV, media, yeah. this is going to program your, your pronunciation I mean, in a lot of ways and yeah, give you Yeah, you, you
3: can listen to podcasts or watch a movie. I mean, you don't need a native speaker to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. I had I, I had an example about that when I got to the U.S. I was like, I just want to speak to Americans. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speak to guys from Asia or from Europe or Mexicans. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was pretty wrong because it doesn't matter, you know. I was when I was talking to my to my roommate, he's American, or to the, to a guy from Japan. It was the same for me. I have to react. I have to engage to the conversation, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And I, I mean, like, what do you, do you watch TV shows and stuff besides playing games? What's what's some other input that you have? had uh, in this case? Man,
3: I love I love like cartoons, like South Park, Simpsons, <laughs> and series like Breaking Bad, uh, The Walking Dead. So okay, yeah, those. Do, are do you feel favorite. like
0: watching this stuff uh, has taught you a lot of vo- new vocabulary? For sure, for yeah. sure,
3: man. And it's very good when you were when I when you reach a level that you don't use like subtitles even in English at all. So. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very good. What happens at that level though? I, I think you feel like you are almost a native, you know? Uh-huh. I, I'm watching like The Walking Dead with my roommate and we both are understanding the, the conversation. Yeah, that's really cool because
1: when you study, you're no longer studying. You're no longer spending the effort, right? You're Actually, just living. Yeah, and When you yeah. do things you enjoy in English, it just becomes natural, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. So one, one real quick thing about, we talked about input and output. Um, you showed me your blog once, I yeah. thought that was really cool, you're a really good writer by the way. Tell yeah. us about your blog.
3: Uh, so, uh, I, I had an idea that I should have a blog in English, so I'm, I'm writing since, I don't know, six months ago. I don't have many posts yet, I think I have like ten, but I want to write more, I have a lot of ideas. So I want to I wanna write about a lot of things like technology, video games. Uh, in culture, of mm-hmm. course, the American culture, the Brazilian, the Chinese, what is the difference? Mm-hmm. So, sure. And uh, for, for me it's pretty cool, I, I have a good feedback, I mean, I don't have many followers, but I have a lot of views, like, I have like 300 views, and for me it's, it's awesome. And, wow. Yeah.
0: And, uh, what, like, what's your, 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 you just feel like an urge to, like, write, like, because just write in English, right? It's yeah, yeah, in English,
3: no, no, no Portuguese. Okay.
0: So just like writing, this must be a cool practice, I mean,
1: actually yeah, writing Yeah, sure, sure, sure,
3: sure. I think, I think it's a very good exercise if you write something in English mm-hmm. like every week. Sure. Yeah. So it seems like you're living your life in English in some sense yeah, since you sure. came back, right? Yeah, sure. So, I'm
1: still in the US. So you watch TV, you read, you study, you learn professionally, and you write your blog. Yeah. What other key component of your life here in Brazil includes English?
3: Um, like, all my, all my entertaining stuff, like you said, is in English, like, I play games in English, I play games with Americans in English, I, mm-hmm. I don't know these guys. Do you I, communicate with your friends? Yeah, I communicate. And, and the most important, of course, I Skype my friends in the U.S., and, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's pretty cool. English is not, is not important at all, you know, we need English to speak to these guys, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so, it's more like you're using English as this way of... Connect, like leaving your Brazilian, not leaving them like in the sense you don't like it, but it's your, your key to connecting with all these people yeah, around you. Yeah, yeah,
3: sure. It do, those are two different words. That, that's, that's the good thing about having like two languages, speaking two languages, because I have two words. I have my Brazilian friends, which I speak only Portuguese, and I have my American friends that I speak English. And mm-hmm. It's pretty cool.
1: So here's an interesting question. Uh, if English gives you two perspectives, how does how does that give you a different perspective on Brazil?
3: Man, a lot. Uh, I think I think when, when you live abroad, and probably you guys had the same experience, you, you start to understand your your own culture. Like today today I have a, a very good idea about what, what what means to be a Brazilian, what is Brazil, and uh, it was like through my English perspective, not through my Brazilian perspective, mm-hmm. you know.
0: So it's kind of like putting your own culture as if you're looking at it like from a like the third person, Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Cool.
3: Like a, a, like a outside, not like a inside, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not looking at Brazil from a Brazilian, I'm looking like yeah, from the American eyes, you know?
1: Sure. From a global perspective. From
3: a global perspective, exactly. What, what what the Americans know about Brazil, what they mm-hmm. think about Brazil. What the, what the Chinese think about Brazil. Yeah, what the Chinese think about Brazil. And there's a lot <laughs> yeah, that must be really yeah like. Yeah, yeah, very different. And they have a lot of stereotypes, of yeah. course, like every every other culture has. So we try to to eliminate these stereotypes. So real quickly what are the stereotypes about Brazil? Oh man a lot. Like we just we we love carnival, all of us. We just we just parry. We don't know Hey anything. what's happening right now? It's <laughs> Carnival in Brazil tomorrow and we are here recording a podcast, you know. <laughs> so yeah they have they have a lot of stereotypes. They think every Brazilian plays soccer very well and mm-hmm. I'm not a good soccer player. What, you're Brazilian? Are you <laughs> yeah, yeah, they asked that for me, like, you're Brazilian, and, and other things, like... Do, do you know samba? Yeah, I know samba, yeah, for <laughs> sure, but I don't like samba, yeah. Can you dance, though? No, I'm not, I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not a good Brazilian. Okay. Yeah, sure. And, and of course, the uh, Americans, they think Brazil, we speak Spanish,
1: which is really... Wait, bad. you don't speak Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> Damn you really Americans bad. with your stereotypes. Yeah, sure. It's okay, you know, I'm Buenos Aires they do though, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Buenos Aires they speak Spanish? No, well, that's a stereotype, right? People yeah, think. they do speak Spanish in Buenos Aires. Yeah, yeah, but it's not part of Brazil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of, of course. Yeah,
3: or, or, or they think Rio is the capital. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Dude, man. Um, awesome man well that's uh, I, that's cool getting that perspective from you as well because I obviously feel exactly the same about you know leaving Australia living in Brazil I feel sometimes more Brazilian than Australian sometimes maybe you had that same connection with American culture yeah, just sure. by the way I see you've kind of come back from the, the US from the States and you seem you seem kind of like a uh, doesn't he seem like an, a bit of an American guy
1: definitely there's that that, that, that aspect of him yeah yeah. yeah. But even, but even more I think I think you guys would agree with this, this whole idea of being a global citizen. Yeah, you know? sure. When you really step outside your own culture and see things from a higher perspective, mm-hmm. then you see that, that our our similarities are much more than our differences, right?
3: Yeah, sure.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, but
0: yeah, man, thank you for coming onto the podcast today and sharing those ideas. I'm sure listeners would really love, like, just love getting perspectives from other students, other people who are going through the same process as they are and maybe even um, get a lot of great tips from you, I mean, do you have any other one last, any other cool tips that you should want to give these people, uh, give our listeners to uh, implement in their daily learning, would you say like playing games or listen, um, watching a... Uh,
3: yeah, playing games is, is very subject, like uh, some people don't like games, I think, I think what is important is do do... What do you like? You know? mm-hmm. If you like series, watch series. If you like to write, write, write a blog in English. And mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be very good for your English. Sure. And I would tie that
1: back down to the, the Krishnamurti quote like, all of life is learning, right? Yeah, sure. When you hear that song on the radio, and English is everywhere, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I think one thing is also building relationships
0: and trying your best to find people you can connect to that support your learning. Mm-hmm. By the way, a great place to do that is on the Real Life Global platform. Justin mentioned it early. Jump on there, make a profile, and you can chat to other learners from all over the world in English. Obviously, it's reallifeglobal.com. Make a profile, and it is three-minute conversations. So, If you don't really have a strong connection with the people you're talking with, it's only three minutes, so you can really find
1: really great um, practice partners on there. But if you do have a strong connection, you can push the extend button and add another three minutes and add them as a friend and continue talking on the on the video chat on there. For sure. But we do parties or meetups every Wednesday at nine to eleven p.m. GMT at seven to nine Brazilian time, and Saturday from twelve to two p.m. Brazilian time and, and two to four p.m. GMT. That's it, for sure, so hopefully we can see you guys there,
0: either you know this weekend, next weekend, or whenever. Jump on anytime, maybe you'll find one of us on there, or someone, maybe your soul mate from around the world to chat in English know. with. Yeah. <laughs> cool, uh, and just, you know, any, uh, any last pieces of, or maybe a song, you know, I know you love Carnival, any great Carnival hits you want
1: to uh, suggest? Hey, you, you're Brazilian, do you know the girl from Ipanema? Yeah, yes,
3: I know. I, I I think it's a very good song. You guys can use
1: it. Yeah, I'm just joking about that. that was a stereotype. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> amazing song. It
0: is kind of a stereotype song from Brazil, but it's, it's, it's been amazing. done in English And it's well. also celebrated by the entire world, right? Yes, yes. So, it's
1: very what type of music is it? Samba. Isn't it Bossa Nova? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. What kind of
0: Brazilian are you? <laughs> Cool, so let's uh, play you guys out today with uh, the girl from Ipanema. Uh, If you want to learn some Portuguese, maybe you can
1: also find the Brazilian version from Tom Jobim, right? Yeah. Jean Anderson, thanks for coming on. Really great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me.
3: Keep the good
0: word. Awesome, man. And to all those listeners out there, you will hear from us next week on Real Life Radio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: I tell her I love her, yes, I would give my heart gladly, but each day when she walks to the sea, she looks straight ahead not at me, tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking and When she passes, I smile, but she doesn't see, doesn't see. Olha que coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça, ela menina que vem, que passa, num doce balanço, o caminho do mar. Do corpo dourado Do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado Parece um poema É a coisa mais linda Que eu já vi passar Ooh, But I watch her so sadly Ah Porque tudo é tão triste e yeah. it just doesn't see